Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Bud Elliott. That's Danny Cannell. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and all across the 24-7 Sports Facebook network. Thanks for hanging out. Smash that subscribe. Smash that like. Come and join us in the chat. It's your favorite time of the week. It's our favorite time of the week. It is a Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Time for us to unfurl our locks for the week ahead. But we begin with a very brief review of the week that was. Tom Fernelli, sprayed the board. Six and six on the (laughs) week with your 12 picks. The wins were a lock fight win against Danny Cannell with Virginia Tech, NC State. You were on the Hokies. A lock fight win uh, on Illinois, Nebraska. You were on the Fighting Illini. Uh, A lot of of pain, a lot of sadness as... um, Sam Hartman hits a 404 system error and everything goes glitchy and you have eight turnovers in a single quarter. Lock Unity takes an L as that is Wake Forest as a loss. The the other wins for Tom Fernelli were the over 68 and a half in TCU West Virginia. Never a doubt. Throw a touchdown on fourth down right at the very end. Oh my goodness. Uh, Notre Dame plus two and a half against Syracuse. Notre Dame ran right over them. Squeezed the orange. Michigan State team total under 16. Wait, was that Mississippi State? Michigan State. Michigan, yeah, Michigan State team total under 16 and a half. That's a win. Tennessee minus 12 against Kentucky. That's a win. The losses were the under in the cocktail party, the under in Penn State, Ohio State, the uh, Iowa Northwestern under an offensive explosion from the Hawkeyes uh, extend Brian Ferentz. Parents, excuse me, uh, Cal plus 17 and a half against Oregon. A little bit of heartbreak there. And USC, Arizona under 76 and a half. Six and six on the week has you at 42 and 47 on the season. Uh, minus 9.7 units. Thoughts, notes, takeaways from the week that was. It was a six and six week, but I actually felt great about it. Because the under in Florida, Georgia hits if Georgia doesn't go to sleep there in the third quarter. Uh, Penn State, Ohio State scored 30 points in the first three quarters and then scored 45 points in the fourth quarter. So that was just, you know, that the thing just got out of crazy. There was three touchdowns in the final three minutes of that game. So that was just bad luck, in my opinion. Uh, Losing anytime you lose the yak, a yak, anytime you lose a lock unity, I feel like you were on the right side. It just didn't go your way because I don't think three of us are all going to agree on a play if it's not the right side to be on. And again, eight turnovers in the second half kind of threw in that out of whack. And then with Cal, like I'm a missed field goal away from a cover. They lost by 18 and they missed a field goal. So I was six and six, but I feel like I was very close to being 10 and two. I love, love that optimism. Dialed in, seeing the board. Uh, Tom takes a, a clear mind heading into week 10. I was 
four and three. The wins were uh, the Pitt, North Carolina over 64 and a half. I was also on TCU, West Virginia over 68 and a half. The Minnesota Rutgers under 41, never a doubt. UConn didn't even need the eight. You do not walk into the rent without paying. Learn your lesson, Jeff Halfley. UConn plus eight is a win. The other losses, uh, Utah, Washington State over 55 and a half. Uh, Thank you, Kyle Whittingham. You are firmly on the do not bet uh, list for the rest of the season because of those Cam Rising shenanigans. Uh, I was also on the cocktail party under. That was a loss. Wake minus three and a half. So four and three moves me to 42 and 32 on the season, up 6.8 units, second place on the board. Now, Danny Cannell, the chat has uh, already suggested that you might be fading your locks in real life because you still have renovation money. The kitchen is actually getting done, so there's clearly some hedging that's being done somewhere. A two and six week for you. We mentioned the two lock fight losses to Tom Fernelli. You did cash on that Penn State plus 15 and a half as it was a backdoor, not a backdoor, now a backdoor again. Nittany Lions offensive explosion gets you that win. Uh, Notre Dame plus two and a half. You were in agreement with Tom on that one. The losses were the under 62 in Penn State, Ohio State, Georgia minus 22 and a half, Texas A&M plus two, which I would say is not horrible. That was a really competitive game, at least till the end. Then Michigan minus 22 and a half, also a loss. The two and six showing has you at mm. 34 and 47 on the season, down 17 and a half units. It's embarrassing. Um don't know how to approach it. I had some uh, psychotherapy that I'll refer to as the Cover 3 Locks text thread where I asked for advice. Maybe some people are in a similar situation. Here's the advice I got. The question was, what's the best way for me to address this debacle known as my locks? Keep it tight and selective or spray the board. Jordan, our producer, said take the vols. <laughs> Obviously, a little Tennessee love coming from him. Tom said can't get out of the hole betting three games a week. And our guy, Bud, says fire. So I'm firing away this week. We're going to have a big bounce back. It's coming back. It's got to. It cannot get much worse. Or else, yeah, I might not be able to keep the house after the renovations at this rate, the way things are going. And like opposite of Tom, who's like, yeah, I almost was 10 and 2. I was almost 1 and 7. Well, oh, because uh, the Penn State being yes. one of your wins. Yeah. I think I texted you guys and I turned the game away because I was like so pissed. I'm like, there goes both of them. Because that was the one bet I felt really good about. It was in the driver's seat. And then all of a sudden it completely flips. Mm. Uh, that's game. My Actually, so quick story. I know we got to get it. So I t- my dad is starting to pay attention to my picks. <laughs> He's like, are you okay? You're going to get fired. <laughs> like, how's your job security going? So he doesn't really gamble. He never has, but he was locked into the Penn State Ohio State game. And he calls me. He's like, I thought you had winners. It's like, I thought you were done. I'm like, nope. They'll welcome to the world of sports gambling, Dad. <laughs> Shout out to the uh, public safety uh, uh, tournament here in Florida. Uh, retired public safety folks like fire and police. My dad was playing in uh, last week and I was throwing him some winners. So they, they were all like, what, what, what does Bud have on this game? He's like, he doesn't really bet the NFL. He doesn't have, like, what do you mean he doesn't have a pick on this game? So. <laughs> yeah, the, the shout out to the dads watching. Also, shout out uh, to my son who's homesick from school today. Maybe watching downstairs. See you soon, buddy. Uh, All right. Sorry. Also, <laughs> hey guys, can, can we get the likes up on this video? Like, I, I mean, we, we can l- lament that we've had some losing weeks, and we are still a profitable podcast for drop. Like, literally, we're up units all combined on the year. Dropping all of our picks at one time on a Thursday, like not getting the best of the number on a Monday and then waiting for something to move on a Saturday. 
I don't think y'all realize how hard that is, right? To actually be a profitable show, not not necessarily killing it all combined, but we're still making money. And that's just kind of ridiculous that uh, we only have, what, 70-something likes on this video? Let's let's get this thing up. Come on. And well, with me having the worst season I've had in five years tracking picks and just dragging this thing down like an anchor. Still, I mean, At least water. you track them. Like a lot of shows just throw yeah. stuff out there and then don't even bother to, to follow up with the fact that their record's terrible. Plus, yeah, you are right? You are up over 11 units on sprinkles, and no matter what yeah. Chip says, they all count. Chip doesn't want them to count. Chip thinks that they're separate competitions, which is really funny because he's up 6.8 units in the locks, but he's down 4.38 units mm. in the sprinkles. And I can't figure out why he thinks that they're separate com- competitions. Yeah, this sprinkle, sprinkles are side games. They're called sprinkles, all right? They're not called steaks. My locks are steaks, and sprinkles are not steaks. Anyway, the aforementioned Bud Elliott is absolutely on a heater right now. Six and three this week after going eight and three last week. The wins were Kansas State, my old Kansas State. Woo! No sweat there. Uh, against Oklahoma State. Pitt, North Carolina over 64 and a half. Uh, the Minnesota Rutgers under 41. The Iowa minus 11. The Stanford team total under 24 and a half. South Al minus nine and a half. You pushed Miami minus two. What a glorious push. Couldn't win it once. New overtime rules once you get to three oh, overtimes. like this. No, is a- Chip, actually, I had a couple guys uh, who bet for a living DM me about this, and they said that's actually not true because you've had an overtime game finish with somebody winning by 13 this year. The two-point conversion is live to take back if it was a pick six so or like in a pick six situation. So I, I do want to clarify, I was wrong about that. Apparently, it's not dead. It's just. Very much life support if you're laying anything in the two and a half three range. So and if you are, yeah, overtime. if you're doing two and a half or three, and you've gotten into third overtime or beyond, your only path to glory is a pick six on a two po- on a single two point conversion play. All right, good to know. Uh, moving forward, that one was a push. The only losses on the board: Louisiana minus one, uh, Ole Miss, Texas A and M under fifty five and a half, and you were w- right there with us, fighting the good fight. Wake minus three and a half, six and three on the week. Improves you to 62 and 44 on the season, up 13.6 units. Notes, thoughts, takeaways. I mean, w- Wake is the one that stings the most, right? But they had a 65% passing success rate on dropbacks. They just happened, like, when they when they went bad, they just went unbelievably bad. And sequencing-wise, eight like six turnover drives in a row, I think, was it? And the, the, every drive in the third quarter ended in a turnover. Um I don't, I don't know. I need to update my model to figure out when Hartman's going to explode because I think like half of his career turnovers have happened in three games. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that was uh, that was unfortunate. But um, at A&M, I, I probably have just not – I don't think I've adjusted to how bad Ole Miss's defense actually is. Well, you don't have to worry about that this week. Uh, the 8-1 and one Rebels are at home as they prepare to welcome Alabama on November 12th. All right. Week nine behind us. Week 10 on deck. Gentlemen, y'all ready to lock it up? Born ready. Since 2005, the under games between service partners is 40 9 and 1. You get over in this one as well. A little two for one special. I was sicker last week than over watching two games. I was live betting the hell out of ULN. My blue plate special five star locks are coming. Five star master lock. Lock it up. 
If you followed Tom's Twitter tip of the day, Central Michigan, ching, fire up chips. Uh, Thursday night action, UTEP and Rice on the Mothership CBS Sports Network, App State and Coastal Carolina, a game we discussed during Wednesday's show. Anyone got a lock for Thursday night action? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I'm going to go ahead and lay it with App. I'll, I'll, I'll lay the three points. Um, so Coastal beat Marshall last week, right? And Marshall's offense is pretty bad. Uh, App, to me, has the best offensive line in the Sun Belt, and it might not be close. So far this year, Coastal has been pushed around a pretty good bit. And I, I just think that App can go in there. And I don't love App's secondary, but and I think there's a coaching quarterback advantage. But I, I will lay the three points here with App because I just think they have I just think they can push Coastal around, physicality-wise. Going to be an awesome game. I think I'm more dialed into it. Don't have a strong feeling uh, one way or the other. Excited to see what is in the future for the Sun Belt. Friday night action. Jim Mora, the Cover 3 podcast coach of the month for the month of October, hosts UMass. Oh, what a game. UConn favored by 15 and a hook. That's on CBS Sports Network. Uh, also on Friday night, Duke and Boston College. I'm look, I'm seeing Duke minus nine and a half. If Duke gets out to ten, that at kickoff, that is the first time Duke has been favored by double digits in an ACC game since 1994, which might be why it's you know clicked down to Boston College nine and a half. And then also Oregon State and Washington. Washington currently favored by four and a half. Anyone got Friday night action? I do. River in the sky atmospheric river it's a river in the sky the river in the sky keeps on dumping and the unders keep on cashing yes seriously it is going to be pouring in seattle for oregon state washington uh winds of up to 40 miles per hour i mean this is this is a pretty obvious play to be under 54 and a half washington is a team that throws the ball a lot it's going to be hard to do that in high winds and rain Oregon State's offense, I don't think, is all that great to begin with. So under 54 and a half. I mean, if that wasn't obvious by, you know, the river in the sky bit, I'm I'm 100% locking that up, too. We don't spend all daggum season tracking weather reports to not jump in on an under when we have a river in the sky. Mm-hmm. Come on. It's a river in the sky. Sheets of rain pouring down. How's Michael Penix going to be able to hold on to that ball when you got a river in the sky? He's going to need to be Michael Rain-X. Ah! <laughs> Boom. Oh my I like God. how much I, thought you guys put into that. That was great. <laughs> I, I can't do it. it like, I... I at, at, at open, yeah, at, at like 58, 57, I just 54 is a tough number for me to bet under on. I, it's going to be a 10 to 7 game. Yeah, it really could. I <laughs> I don't know. I, I may put a little alt under on this just on the off chance. It, it, like if the atmospheric river hits literally during the game and we have 40 mile an hour gusts and, you know, like a foot of rain come through in about a five hour period, that really could be a really difficult situation to play some offense in. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to pass, but I, I I definitely don't want the over. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I did make a short about it, but yes, chat is talking about how, how we made a YouTube short about it. Yes, I did. I mm-hmm. uh, The lines also moved more than a touchdown since the open. 
Um, any, anything else from Friday night? Uh, is Duke Friday night? Yes. Yeah, give me Duke. Nine and a half. Let's go. Big Elko season. Wait, do we know if Dracovic's playing? Uh, he took a pretty nice like neck-looking shot against UConn. The backup was uh, completely ineffective. And UConn, I really don't think their offense is any good. Basically, all of their skill position players are, are out for the year. And they were still able, able to move the ball somewhat. Um, Boston College lost another offensive lineman. I, I just think they're out of players. I think, and at some point, you're just kind of done, right? Like they're they're was last week they're officially done from uh, bowl eligibility. They are no, they are two and six right now. They would need to run the table. Yeah. So realistically, like that was their that was their like l- losing that game means they won't go bowling. Correct. So I think there's some potential emotional letdown off that and I, I just think Duke is uh, is a good bit better also like this is not a red bandana game no weird type stuff it's a short week for Duke or for, for Boston College Duke had the bye week I'm gonna lay it just for the sake of lulls let's imagine Matt Ryan playing behind the Boston College offensive line right now current Matt Ryan or it probably look like Ryan the same Ryan. way it did when he was with the Colts offensive line probably very similar <laughs> is uh, uh yeah like I have the Pittman guy in fantasy and uh my one fantasy team, and I, I hate Indianapolis quarterback situation. Yeah, Lynn took Jonathan Taylor with the first pick in her draft, and uh, she's she's in two and six right now. So that's how that's going. <laughs> Duke winning this game, by the way, improves the would improve the Blue Devils to six and three. Mike Elko, year one, um, impressive stuff going on there in Durham. Okay, Friday they dogs and all the other games, Chip. You think? Let's see. No, hosting Vatek, they'll they'll be a slight favorite. Yeah, Duke is still so the combination of scenarios for North Carolina to clinch the coastal this weekend would involve a Duke loss, which ain't gonna happen, which means that Duke, which is currently tied for second place Duke, which is currently tied for second place in the ACC coastal division, remains still alive for the division title. And Carolina still has NC State and Wake left on the schedule. So Blue Devils in Charlotte. Still not totally out of the realm of possibilities, but first let's tackle bowl eligibility. Uh, all right, now turning the page to Saturday action. Um, yeah, let's let's just go ahead and get there. You know, right? I mean, we we can't waste any more time. We go between the hedges, Sanford Stadium, Athens, Georgia, number one versus number one. Number one in the AP poll, the Georgia Bulldogs. Number one in the college football playoff rankings, the Tennessee Volunteers. It is the first meeting of the top two teams in the AP top 25 poll since since 2019 when it was LSU and Alabama, which was the first regular season meeting of one versus two since 2011, which was LSU and Alabama. Tennessee and Georgia, maybe a little bit of a budding rivalry here as they enter college football lore. The Georgia Bulldogs are favored by eight over under of 66. Who's got a lock on the biggest game of the season? Am I the only one? Oh, no, I'm in. All right, cool. Uh, Take a Tennessee plus eight. I just, I, as I break this one down, there are two. First of all, the more I've thought about it, the more I've looked at it, the one thing that keeps hitting me upside the back of the head is that great offenses beat great defenses. And that's just the way it's working in the sport these days. And Tennessee has the better offense. And, like, defense is more of a separator for winning a national title. 
Like it's better to have a great defense and a good offense than a great defense and a terrible defense or great offense and a terrible defense. Anyways, I'm getting way in the weeds here. My only point is that the way I break this game down, if Georgia wins, its path to doing it will be to control the ball with its run game, limit what Tennessee does in the run game, and just try to keep that offense off the field as much as possible, which is typically going to lead to, you know, closer wins. If Tennessee wins this game, I feel like they will blow Georgia out in the process of doing it. So I just think that the more likely scenario is no matter who wins, I think Tennessee's covering more often than not. So I'm taking the Vols plus eight. I have been slanderous of the Georgia Bulldogs in recent weeks. I've called them dress code, simply suggesting that they're doing what they need to do to look the part, appropriate for being one of the top teams in the entire country, but not stunning. Not, hey, let me let me get a flick. You know, not not something that I want to, you know, get a picture and, and and show to people later. They have they lead the nation in rushing touchdowns. And yet my slanderous tale is on here talking about how the rushing game's kind of, huh. you know, their, their passing game has some of the best tight ends in the entire country. And yet I'm like, uh, I don't know. It's not doing it for me. But like you, Tom, as I break this game down, I do not see a Tennessee is entirely locked up, stuffed into a locker and unable to score. I think that Tennessee will never go away. And even if Georgia creates a deficit, I think that Tennessee will always have the ability to storm back. The back door will never, ever, ever be fully locked. And so those Georgia fans, hello. Hey, dogs. I'm sorry. That mean old train coming down the track? Red and black? I don't, I don't see it. Give me the balls plus all the points. I so agree with what you guys say about great offenses beating defenses, good defenses. What do you do when you have great offense versus a bad defense? I'm fighting you guys. Ooh. Fight, 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 fight. So we've seen Georgia go against a great offense that's known as the Oregon Ducks, top 10 team right now in the country whose offense is all of a sudden taken off. I think playing at home is a massive advantage in this one. I think it throws off a lot of communication that you've got going on at the line of scrimmage. Some of the things we talked about on Wednesday's pod. It's one where Georgia kind of reminds people, hey, we're the defending champ. We're the kings of the block. We've got a defense, even without Nolan Smith, that is capable of getting after you. This will be the best defense that Tennessee has faced by far. I think it might be one of the better offenses they've faced by far as well be too much firepower for me and I also so if I think if if Georgia wins I do think they'll be able to keep them in check and I even though their offense is prolific I don't think they're going to be just running up and down the field throwing those big plays I think they want long sustained drives give me the under as well two for one special from Danny Cannell we got a lock fight we got an under in a Tennessee game this is how, how does Danny respond by being bold <laughs> but no locks Jordan in the game. Jordan is so mad. You, you, no, I think he, I don't know, man. He might actually be happy about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. he said earlier this week, Jordan said earlier this week, he kind of wants Tennessee to lose. Yeah. Um, but no lock in the game. But do you have a, do you, you know, how, how do you handicap in this one? How do you see it? Yeah, I, I think that uh, Georgia will try to play slow. 
on offense and will probably try to make Tennessee win in the red zone. Um, I've I've thought of like I don't really trust Tennessee's defense, but I, I do think Tennessee's offense is is pretty legit. Uh, I just I mean they're 100 percent touchdowns in goal to go situations so far, right? Like if you're Georgia, you're like okay, wh- which of this is sustainable? Which of this is unsustainable? I don't think Georgia has much of a shot of stopping Tennessee in the open field. I think Georgia has some shot of forcing Tennessee into stops or field goals uh, in in the low red area, uh, just because there's less space to play with. Um, I'm probably going to wait as long as I possibly can and take some Georgia, right? Like, hope, like maybe other folks jump on this Tennessee number and I can get Georgia at you know seven and a half. That I, if I can cheaply get it to seven, or maybe I'll just lay like you know maybe seven and a half plus one hundred or something like that. But I'm I'm just going to wait on this. Okay, here we go. It ha- it all goes down 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch it on CBS. You can stream it on Paramount+. Plus. It's the biggest game of the year. Fired up. Glad we got some action for it on the board. 7 p.m. Eastern time. It is Alabama and LSU. It is a top 10 matchup. Straight it is. Alabama currently favored by about 13 and a half over under of 56 and a half. Anybody got a lock for the Crimson Tide and the Tigers in Baton Rouge? Yeah, I do. Let's go. I'm going to go. Are there any 30s out there for the first half? I guess not. <laughs> give me uh, give me under 29. And, uh, I don't want to take a bad number here. Give me under 28 and a half first half in this one. These games, uh, Alabama's defense, when the game is at LSU, has done well. Yeah. Um, if you look at the teams that LSU has really put a lot of points on recently, I'm not sure how to award credit for this. It could be that LSU's offense is improving that much. It could be that these teams are somewhat cratering. Florida's defense looks really poor. Ole Miss's defense looks kind of worse every single week, right? And um, – I go back. It wasn't that long enough, or it wasn't that long ago. Oh, there's 29s out there. Fine, 29 for me. That's kind of a marginal difference there. Uh, it wasn't that long ago that LSU was putting up less than four and a half yards to play at Auburn, right? And I do think that uh, the pass rushers for Alabama will have success in this ballgame. Anybody else got to play? I don't have a lock. I included it in the six-pack because I had to, but I've got the over in the six-pack. Like full game over. Mm-hmm. I would I'm say torn the, on this game. I would say the thing that I'm watching is just this Alabama team in a true road environment. Where they struggled. Yeah, performance has been not up to par. That's just sort of the home road splits all the way since the beginning of last year. We'll see. Not don't feel strong enough to lock it up, but LSU plus the points. It'd be fun. All dog Saturday. That's what I was leaning to, LSU and the points. But that, that Tennessee game is hard to erase from your memory. I know it was a because we talk about Baton Rouge being a tough place to play, and it is different at night. That game was at home too, and they got worked. So I'm gonna stay away. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I took some LSU 14 when this opened on Sunday, just because I figured the number w- would not go over 14. But like power ratings, fine. I, I can justify it matchup wise. I don't like it. Also, what would the impact of weather be in this game? I think it's not exactly going to be pleasant uh, on Saturday night. Bama's a better running team than uh, than LSU is. Weather, typically, if it's not a bunch of wind, rain actually can... LSU is natural grass, 
Mm-hmm. So there's some advantage to the under if there's a lot of rain, uh, whereas like artificial turf, basically none. Um, probably minimal unless unless we're expecting a lot of rain or excuse me, a lot of wind. Also at 7 p.m. Eastern time, number 24, Texas, at number 13, Kansas State. Texas was off last week. Kansas State uh, absolutely worked. Oklahoma State, Texas is a two-and-a-half-point favorite over under of 54-and-a-half. Anybody got a lock? Over. Yeah. <laughs> completely in agreement on everything this week. Uh yeah, I just think the total's too low. Like, if it's under 56, I'm all over it. I feel like this is a game that's going to get to the 30s. I think coming off a bye, Texas's offense is going to probably have a pretty strong performance. And I think the Kansas State's offense the last few weeks has been improving. So give me the over. The fact that Kansas State can move the ball through the air has been uh, quite a change to our expectations of what we do with Kansas State, especially from the wagering perspective. And I think that, you know, as we suggested on Wednesday's show, I think that coming out the gate, Sark's going to have a, a pretty good sort of opening for Quinn Ewers that Texas is able to get us some points early. The challenge for winning this game for Texas, in my eyes, is going to be avoiding another second-half letdown, especially in a road environment. But as long as Texas can get us those points early, uh, I think that we should have no problem getting uh, getting this thing maybe even to the low 60s. So I, I think there's a lot of value here on over 54 and a half. I have a play here. I'm going to go ahead and take Kansas State over 26 and a half points. Um, I I think with with the advent of Will Howard playing, and I I do think he's a better player than Martinez. I think they will throw the ball down the field better on uh, on Texas than you otherwise would expect, and so I I think they have a pretty good shot of getting into the 30s. I have a play as well. I was thinking this is my new strategy because I had this listed as a possibly uh, money line sprinkle play. So as opposed to doing that, just give me Kansas State and the points at home, home dog. I, I try. To, I, they might have found something that really opens up this offense, and I'm very curious to see the forward you know, pass. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that too. Yeah, exactly. They discovered it. Quinn yours responded. His first road game wasn't a huge success. That was not a smashing success. Three interceptions. Struggled somewhat. By week to think about it. That's a lot. I think you'll see a healthy dose of B, uh, dose of B. John Robinson. I think they will have some success with him. But in a game where he's been, he was just loose with the football, and that's a great thing. He's a little bit of a gunslinger, but I think Kansas State can make him pay for it. So I'll go ahead and take uh, the Wildcats playing at home. I <clears throat> two more games in the night. Busy, busy night slate uh, for us to react to on Saturday night. We will be planning to go live, you know, normally like around 1130 p.m. Eastern time. And I don't see anything that should keep us up uh, too late, too much later than that, at least in terms of no eight o'clock starts that we would wait on Clemson and Notre Dame. Uh, number four, Notre Dame not ranked, but massive significance to the college football playoff. And the the picture as it stands, the Tigers are favored by just three and a half over under a 44. Has anybody got a lock? I do. Let's go. I'm going to lay it with Clemson. Uh, I Look, I think DJ has been mostly fine this year, to be honest. I, I think he had one you know bad game with, with some sloppiness. And, you know, club is not that bad. Uh, I think Drew Pine is bad. And I think Notre Dame's offense is just kind of BS. So they ran for 300-something yards, I think, on Syracuse. But we called that on the show. We said, hey, there's some chance that Syracuse's defense has just kind of spit the bit. 
especially against the run. They will not be able to run the football like that against Clemson. They had only 105 yards passing, I believe, in that game in the Dome. Uh, I, I don't believe that Notre Dame can throw the football enough to keep up with Clemson here. So uh, I, I think it's kind of a race to 24, and uh, I think Clemson will get there, mm. and Notre Dame will not. A race to 24. That means, uh, yeah, give me the under, 100%. We already saw Marcus Freeman when going up against a team that is a top-five team. We already saw the playbook. He's going to try to do everything he can to let his defense, which is the superior side of the ball for the Fighting Irish, try to win them that game. I think the approach is to try to run the ball as much as possible, and there's no way that we are going to see the interior defense of Brian Brzee, Tyler Davis, get pushed around quite like Syracuse did. But this is a ground attack that since the North Carolina game has really found its rhythm. They got a couple good running backs. They can keep the bodies fresh. The offensive line is, is starting to gel a little bit. And I think that... You know, the confidence and game-to-game stacking that up in the in the rushing attack along an offensive line, that is something that I assign some value to. But especially when you start to get in scoring position, I do not trust Drew Pine to be able to go and get you those touchdowns and red zone opportunities. I also think that Notre Dame's defense is going to have a lot of BT Potter out there just going and kicking those short field goals after Clemson is able to move the ball. So what was our – was it 21-10 in Ohio State-Notre Dame? Mm-hmm. I was 31. I raced to 24. You, you might be spot on there. Let's uh, let's hope it's 24 to 17, and uh, we're both winners. Give me the under 44. Lock it up. Woo! Don't forget too. I, you know, DJ coming off his shakiest performance. That's a healthy dose of Will Shipley. It's a healthy dose of him running the football, which I think is I hate the way they run their quarterback so much. It's the style of the run game too. It's just. Very, slow. Yeah, it's just slow. It doesn't look pretty. It's like this power, you know, quarterback running the football. I think Notre Dame will have some success slowing them down, but I think you know, the thing I think we all agree on is Notre Dame offensively, I don't think is going to have much success versus this defense. So I think it's going to be a lower scoring affair. One last ranked on ranked before we hit the break and open up the board. Number 21, Wake Forest. Number 22, NC State. Who gets bounced from the college football playoff rankings? Elimination game. Now, this game is in Raleigh, where in this rivalry, you always say you take Wake in Winston-Salem, you take NC State in in Raleigh. But the twist here, of course, is do you believe in MJ Morris, the true freshman quarterback who came in against Virginia Tech, had three touchdowns, really gave a spark to this offense that wasn't there before. Wake Forest is favored by four on the road, over under a 54. Anybody got a lock for the ACC Network primetime game? Over. All right. Let's go. I think that, you know, I, I think Wake's got to have a bounce back performance from last week's game against Louisville. And as Bud was mentioning earlier, the offense, you know, when they weren't getting sacked or turning the ball over was actually playing pretty well. So I expect them to continue playing well again this week. And I think with MJ Morris, there's always the question of when a guy comes in who wasn't expected to play and succeeds, is it because of them or was it because the other team just had no pr- preparation for him and wasn't really ready to face him? I think that could have been the case last week, but I think with a week going of prepping Morris for the starting job against a wake defense that really hasn't done a great job stopping anybody, maybe the good play continues. Maybe the Wolfpack can put up some points in this one too. So I think this total is a little too low. So give me wake NC State over 54. 
It's a great point, too, about MJ Morris sitting on the starting role, you know, sitting on playing time. That's a different dynamic, a little more stressful, you know, time to think about it. Sometimes that naivete is a great thing coming off the bench, slinging that rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Anybody else got a play in Wake State? Nope. All right. Coming up on the other side, we open up the board. Every bit of Saturday action is up for grabs with more of our Week 10 locks next quick review of what we've got on the board so far. Tom has Friday night, Oregon State, Washington under 54 and a half, Tennessee plus eight on Saturday, Texas, Kansas State over 54 and a half, and Wake NC State over 54. I'm also on the River in the Sky, Oregon State, Washington under 54 and a half, and Tennessee plus eight and uh, Texas, Kansas State over 54 and a half. I also have the under 44 and a half in Clemson, Notre Dame. Danny's got the Texas, Georgia, I mean, Tennessee, Georgia under 66 and a half. And we've got a bar fight as he's going to take the dogs minus eight. Kansas State plus two and a half at home against Texas. Danny also on Clemson, Notre Dame under 44 and a half. Bud Island over here. App State minus three on Thursday. Duke minus nine and a half on Friday. The first half under 29 in Bama LSU. Kansas State team total over six, 26 and a half. And Clemson minus three and a half. Danny, where do you want to go? Uh, let's go to game. I'm actually going to be in attendance for 7.30 ABC prime time. A great story tradition. Florida State traveling to Miami. Give me the Knowles laying seven and a half. I think they're the better football team. I think Miami's in a little bit of a crisis mode. Quarterback issues. TVD up in the air. If it's Garcia, he has not. He looked. He was a lot of Canes fans love what they saw. I think Florida State. The more they're getting healthier, they're getting guys back. I just think they're a better football team right now, and they're doing things that we haven't seen in the last five years. And one of them is beat teams they're supposed to. I know it's a rivalry game, but I like them to win this game and win it uh, convincingly. So give me the Knowles and lay the points. What do they call it? A uh, Hard Rock Florida State Seminole Stadium or something like that? It's <laughs> yeah, the nickname exactly. that you have whenever it's the Knowles show up to uh, Miami home games. That's right. Five neutral sites a year. Uh, <laughs> look, look, I mean, look, Kane fans will show up to this one. I mean, like FSU fans will too. It's actually it's sold out for. Yeah, it's a hard ticket to get. Yeah. Um, oh, flex. <laughs> sitting in Miami the AD's seems box. to be getting. Whoa! Hey. Like <laughs> I, I, I thought about playing FSU here. If I was really going to play something, I would probably play Miami team total under. Even though I don't really love FSU's defense that much, they are getting much healthier, uh, and I, I think that could be. Real key. Miami's defensive front still has some some real players on it. Um. I, I, so you when know. you when you go as a as a Florida State Hall of Famer, you you get the full access, right? Like we're going on the field before the game. I haven't requested the field passes. I'm bringing my two daughters, my teenagers. They haven't been to a Florida State Miami game, like a rivalry game yet, and I, that's a lot. Like, hey, can I get three passes? Mm. I don't know. I might say just pregame festivities and see what happens. We'll see. See if there's one floating around. Right, right, exactly. (laughs) And then you try to maybe sneak in the security guard. Hey, man, they're just me. They're they're young. They're like, just let them in with me. They're with me. See if they go with that one. Tallahassee, that might work. Miami, I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. Sorry, Tom, didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say, after what Danny did last week, I'm tempted to take Miami, but I just don't. That would be cold-blooded if you did. I don't want to bet Miami in this game. I, I think FSU has the better QB, so... Do you think this line says Van Dyke plays or Van Dyke does not play? 
It's a good question. I think it says he's not playing. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, even then, I don't, I mean, it's maybe a point or two. Like if I knew Van Dyke was playing and it was seven and a half, I probably would fight you here, but just, I, no. Yeah. Like if Van Dyke has announced is out, this is not going to go to 10. If Van Dyke right. has announced is in, it's probably going to close like six and a half juiced, maybe six. Um, but where do you want to go? All right, uh, I've been hitting this almost every every week, guys, and uh, I'm, I'm, I have another team total for you all here. I'm going to take Tulsa under 24 and a half uh, hosting Tulane. Uh, I, I think Tulsa's offensive line has some problems, and uh, Tulsa has some quarterback injury stuff right now, which I think is problematic. Uh, if they play the backup to Brand, which I think they probably will, uh, he has to run a lot more. Tulsa's run defense is poor, and their, uh, their pass defense is good, and Tulane can run. So I think Tulane will run. I think the clock will run. I like Tulane's defense, and that basically means I don't think Tulsa is going to score a lot here. I think I think Tulane will possess the football on the road, and uh, this already ran out over a touchdown. It's like seven and a half now. So go and give me another twenty-four and a half on uh, on Tulsa team total. I just I don't see him dropping that. Tom, you've got a exquisite Tulane hoodie on right now. For those watching on YouTube, are you taking the green wave here? No. No, I'm not. I just wear the hoodie because I look beautiful in it. I can't. <clears throat> I said I detect no lies. Uh, Danny, let's go back to you. All right. Uh, I need a win. I'm going to go to one. I've tried to swing for the fences on this one. And as opposed to doing that with a money line sprinkle, again, some of my philosophy here, let's just take some of those bets and take them with the points. South Carolina traveling to Nashville. They get in the top 25. They lay a complete egg this past weekend um, against Mizzou. They lose outright. I think they're probably thinking, hey, all we got to do is show up and win this game. This is one of those games I do think for Vanderbilt, they view much like the game against Missouri where they almost won that one. They're thinking, hey, we could possibly win this game. I think they're going to get their best ever. Give me Vandy as a touchdown underdog at home. Let's go. Let's go, Gordon. Barton, feel my pain. He's got to know my record. I mean, he's got to be like, oh, just he's going to come through for me. I know on this one. So we, you know, we put in a request after win number three <clears throat> to ask what the chances were we could get of a Saturday night arrival. <laughs> and the response was maybe after the first SEC win. Let's go. They, they, got, the be. they got the better quarterback. Yep. There's no question about that. In it's going to be Swan, right? He's back. I'm assuming so. They've been playing so both too. a lot. Yeah. Um, all right, Tom, where do you want to go? Uh, well, we are now 45 minutes into the show, and I haven't brought it up yet, so I better do oh, it. Yeah. Uh, Air Force Army, under 40 and a half. It's a service academy under. Again, 42, 9, and 1 since 2005 when service academies play. I'll go through the whole spiel. Two option offenses. They run the ball over eighty percent of the time. They don't. They aren't very explosive when they run the ball. They need to put together 10, 11, 12, 13 play drives to score touchdowns. That keeps the clock churning. That limits possessions. That limits the amount of points you could score. They basically need to play perfect games to hit the over. And they usually don't play a perfect game. As I said, forty-two nine and one since two thousand and five. The odds makers keep trying to catch up, and they just can't catch up this game went to overtime last year and it was 21 to 14 damn right in overtime 
Air Force also trying to lock up the Commander-in-Chief's trophy for the first time since 2016. They've got more Commander-in-Chief's trophy wins than anybody else in the series, but this, you know, this is starting to become a little bit of a drought of sort, and one of the reasons is because they've lost four out of the last five to Army. Very, very big game. You can watch it on CBS, uh, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. They are playing in the home of the Texas Rangers Globe Life Field, so a little bit of a neutral site of sorts. Yes, bud. I need a ruling. Is an over in this game a sicko mode? No, it's just the dumbest yeah. planet on earth. <laughs> it's not sick. It's not. Okay. It's not you did this last year, what happened? You oh, did yeah. it last year. Oh, you do. You, you are you going to do it? I'm going to fight him. Let's oh. go over forty. Fight. There's some chance we we we, we could push win. Fight. Yeah, I look. I I have adjusted down my numbers quite a bit in the service academies. Um, this one actually opened 38 and got bet up almost immediately, which normally it doesn't happen. So I wonder if the books aren't catching on to this a little bit more and are, are opening these super low. And we have seen them hang totals this year. Like they opened at 31 and a half, Iowa Northwestern, right? So I I think this game will be played in the 40s. So I'm going to take the over 40 here. Well, I'm gaining two units on Bud this week. <laughs> Oh man! Not <clears throat> there. You go. Yeah, Bud's a communist. Let him know. Yeah, let him know. Yep. Chat. He just thinks trying to share, just trying to share some of my wins. I just want to be clear. This week, Bud thinks the Michigan player had it coming, and he's taking the Service Academy over. <laughs> oh, All man. right. Uh, Dan, I got one. How many more do you have? Uh, I got a bunch, but I'll probably leave them in the chat just so you can just fill out the sheet when I'm gone. Yeah. Uh, all right, Michigan State, Illinois. Uh, everyone thinks, oh, Michigan State, eight players out. Illinois is just going to roll. I'm not going to do it, Tom, but I am going to do this. I don't, The number, number's big. Like, do you trust Illinois to cover 17 in this spot? I don't, but what I do trust is they will be able to put up a ton of points. Give me the over in this game. I also think Michigan State, if they do get down, which they will, I think they could be slinging around either getting big plays or potentially that Illinois defense creating some points of their own. I think if it is blowout city, I think it goes way over. So give me the over. What's the best number I can get right here? I see 41 and a half. I get that. There was some 41 earlier when I bet it. There's still 41. Uh, give me over 41. How are we feeling, Tom? Do you like that? No, I think the total is a little too low as well. Okay. I think Illinois is going to score like 55 points by itself. On their way to the college football playoff. <laughs> On Wednesday, I dropped the Michigan State team total under 13 and a half. But garbage time has me backing off of that one for here. But well, I just I don't want to get broke. Like when when Illinois got this thing put away, I don't want to get broken on Mel Tucker trying to prove something. So <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that one on the bench for right now. Uh, I, don't, I don't I don't hate anything about that. I, th I do think Illinois' defense is going to control this game uh, through and through. Um, all right, Danny, why don't you keep it rolling? Uh, Liberty, traveling to Arkansas. By the way, I just watched the Hulu documentary in the flight last night up here to New York. Whoa, that is a wild ride. Check it out. Um, I think Arkansas here playing home stretch of their season – Oh, the pool boy documentary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the pool oh. boy documentary. It's wild. It is a wild ride. And that kid talks. He dishes all of it, all the details. Um, 
I think Arkansas here, I, Liberty's comes in with a lot of momentum. Hugh Freeze just gets his nice extension. We saw last year what happened. Liberty walked into the SEC. I think this number is going to be, I think Arkansas could call their number on them, playing at home. Arkansas a little bit more to play for as far as when you come down to bowl eligibility, adding wins onto their total. I'll lay the 13 and a half. I think they went big. Um, I think there's a little bit, I, I'm curious BYU, how they rebound. That was another team I was watching this week, but I think that was a little bit of a misleading win across the country. Now Liberty has to follow that up, go into Arkansas. So I'm going to lay the points uh, in that one, as well as I am going to take the under 64, because I think they shut down Liberty's offense. See, my concern there, and I'm with you on Arcan- <clears throat> laying the points with Arkansas, my concern is just that Hugh Freeze puts out like an audition tape for the Auburn job. Can I ask you guys something real quick? How, what's the deal with his extension? Is that like just a paper for show, or can he get out of that? Because Nobody get thinks it's real. Or to get <laughs> Liberty some money on the way I've read about. Yeah, we talked, it was that uh, sometimes those extensions are just to help out the school that you're about to leave. Right. I you know this, Lane Kiffin signed a 10-year deal at FAU like a year before he walked out the door. Yeah, he got a new weight room because he knew he was about to get hired away by uh, by Ole Miss. So when, that's that's how I interpret it. It also secures his floor, right? Like if Auburn won't hire him. I mean, remember, Auburn's new AD is literally the guy who was the AD when Mullen was like having his players narc on Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss. And yep. like as Godfrey said this week, like Mississippi State literally tried to send their people to Ole Miss's compliance hearing when Cohen was the AD there. So I don't know if he would hire Hugh Freeze. Hey, listen, forgiveness. That's what it's all about, baby. <laughs> we, can, we, we can grow. We can grow. Um, speaking of forgiveness, get right spot for the Purdue Boilermakers. They are favored by just four and a half points against Iowa. Charlie Jones revenge game, as if he hasn't already been flaunting what he can do in the throws of a an offense that engages with the forward pass. He gets to go up against this Iowa team that he knows very well. The game is at home for Purdue, and I am not going to be fooled by what Iowa was able to do against Northwestern's defense to think that the Hawkeyes have turned some kind of corner. The loss to Wisconsin uh, prior to the off week was very embarrassing for a group that had gotten a little bit of steam going with back-to-back-to-back wins against Minnesota and Maryland and Nebraska. So I think as they come back, uh, they, they start a little sharp and they get a win against the Hawkeyes. And in doing so, they cover this number. Give me Purdue minus four and a half. Three and a half is the best I could do. Oh, boy. Chip line value loves to see it moving in the other direction. That's in your favor. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> I was being a dick. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, Chip. I don't know. That's all I'll say. Chat saying we got a lot of weather. A ton of weather. Purdue secondary is very banged up. Not really sure that matters against Iowa. That doesn't matter in this matchup. <laughs> But the weather really could help Iowa because obviously you can't move like, the ball through the air. If mm-hmm. you don't pass the ball, weather which hurts passing the ball doesn't really affect you. I mean, it's a lock. I, I'm not taking it off the board. Uh, don't you shouldn't. You should got to believe in yourself. I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not nearly as confident as you are. You say I don't know. That's, that's all I'm saying. Is I don't know. Um, all right. What, uh, Danny? What else you got? 
Uh, Oak State was atrocious last week. Shut out, completely shut down. Kansas, great story to start the year. I think it's a big bounce back. When Oklahoma needed their big win, they got it. Uh, now it's Oklahoma State's turn. I think you see a much more dialed-in team. What's the? Can I get this at a pick them? Is that the best yeah, I can get uh, that? Sanders not yeah. because this line is moving a lot. Yeah, I, I, a lot of people don't think Sanders is going to play here, guys. It's it, you, like we might be betting on Gunner Gundy. Give me him. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Give me Oklahoma State. This is a get right game. Let's go. There we go, Danny. I like that. Overcorrection. Presented, presented new information as though that's going to sway me from something I've talked myself into already. Right. Come on. <laughs> we dig in our heels and we go harder. Um, let's see, Tom, how many do you have left? I've got a lot left and I want to get this one in because like that line, it is moving, but it's not moving in my favor. Uh, I don't think. You talked about mentioned earlier, Danny, about BYU being, you know, just in a bad spot, maybe possibly getting better. <laughs> I don't think it is. I'm taking Boise State minus eight in this game. I do not think that the market has quite caught on to how much better this Boise State team has been. I look at this matchup. I don't see how BYU is going to stop Taylor Green and the Boise State offense. I see plenty of ways in which Boise State's defense will be able to stop the BYU offense. So give me the Broncos at home on the blue turf laying now over a touchdown. So Boise State minus eight. I mean, I dig it. Not not taking BYU for anything right now. So I definitely understand that. Tom, why don't you keep it rolling? Uh, well, I will go back to the game we were just talking about, too, because that's I forgot that was on my card as well. But I don't know. Let me see if that's moved, how much of that has moved. No, it hasn't moved much at all. But if Spencer Sanders isn't playing, that's probably going to affect the offensive output for both for Oklahoma State, which is fine for me because I'm taking the under 64 and a half in Oklahoma State, Kansas. I mean, that kind of makes sense if... Uh... If Gundy or if it's Gundy, right? I mean, I liked it with Sanders. So if Sanders isn't playing, Gundy's going in. Let's get it before that moves. While everybody else is betting the spread, give me the total. All I can't right. get away from construction. Do you guys hear something in the hotel ahead of me? It's like some bang. It's like a woodpecker. On uh, something's going on. No, that's his a- wife is remodeling the kitchen uh, <laughs> in the be. hotel room again. <laughs> Maybe so. Uh, Bud, where do you want to go? Yeah, uh, so we need a sicko mode pick this week. Fired up. All right. Love to hear it. It's time for sicko mode. Let's go. I'm a little bit lower on some of the teams in the bottom of the Sun Belt. If things go wrong, they could be like UMass UConn. That's kind of like sicko mode of a sicko mode. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take something I think is truly sick here. Uh, Jake Hayner is back for Fresno State. They're playing much better with him. But their defense still allowed San Diego State to put up almost 500 yards, which is concerning to me. And Hawaii has been a little bit better after its bye. So I'm going to go ahead and take Hawaii and take those 27 and a half points. Back door, probably wide open here. A game at UNLV left for uh, for Fresno. So who knows if, if they're able to run it up. But I, I just feel like a lot of the focus here is on Hainer being back and not enough on the fact that uh, Fresno still is missing a decent number of guys who seem to matter to their defense. What's the number you're getting? Uh, 27 and a half. I mean, it looks like it's going to go to 28, but whatever, like probably not during the show. Some late night action. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Cincinnati needs to get back to its bread and butter. Pass offense stinks. Ben Bryant ain't getting it done. It's just a, you know, everything about it is a little bit middling. And after losing for the first time in 17 straight, after 17 straight conference wins, it took an L. And I think that that's going to mean Luke Fickle wants to get this done with running the football, playing great defense, playing solid defense, and Navy comes to town. So if Cincinnati is going to be dialing it back, getting back to its bread and butter, and Navy, well, I mean, we know that they're a team that runs the ball literally more times per game than anybody in the entire country. That's 61 on average. Clock, 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 clock. Tick, 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 tick. It's not a service academy number, but it might play out like a service academy game. Give me Cincinnati and Navy under 46 and a half. 45 and a half is the best I can do. Ooh, okay. Okay. I think that's a good number, Chip, uh, especially because Navy's quarterback is, I think, out for the year. So Ty Lavatai? Yeah. Didn't, did, didn't he get clipped last game? Um, let me see here. Did you guys see this? Just just came in like a couple minutes ago. Free said that uh, Jonathan Bennett has been battling the flu this week and the status for Saturday's game is in doubt. Uh, so Charlie Brewer not quite ready. Obviously, Caden Salter is not playing. So Arkansas. Fourth stringer, I guess, for uh, – Hold on, I'll be right back. I got to open my phone for completely unrelated reasons. <laughs> and yeah. don't forget, you're going to have to open that app twice. To be able- <laughs> oh, good jokes. Inside jokes. All right. Um, I'm close to tapped out. I am not. All right, Tom. All right. Uh, oh, Jesus. Um, I'm trying to stall here. All right. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with this one. I think that the total is just a little too high. I think, you know, we've, we've waited for the letdown for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I've, it hasn't come, but I feel like there's a different kind of letdown in store for us on this one. I am taking the under 69 and a half, which I think is the best number still out there for me between Texas Tech and TCU. Yeah, there's still a 69 and a half out there. So I just think that's a lot of points. Might come in a little bit below. Just don't trust Texas Tech enough, honestly. I want to lay the points with TCU, but I can't do it confidently because TCU doesn't have a whole lot of blowouts on this profile. And Texas Tech, as Tom Fernelli is uh, so you know eloquently put it, is the pain in the butt of the Big Twelve. You got anything on that one? Number seven team in the country, undefeated. Yeah, I, I just feel like Texas Tech gives up so many explosive plays that uh, I, I, I can't back them here. I just feel like they play great defense for a couple of plays in a row, and then it's just a total bomb or, or, or bust. Anybody want to dance with Oregon and Colorado? Yeah. Uh, no, I have absolutely no desire to be anywhere near that game. I got asked for uh, – I do a Wednesday night hit on CBS Sports HQ. We go conference by conference, best play in each conference. And I, I swear, if it wasn't for the river and the sky, I was going to have to say pass. I mean <laughs> – <laughs> Washington State and Stanford, one conference win apiece. The I got athlete. one in there. I got right. one there, too. <laughs> yeah, uh, Stanford team total under 23. Just going to keep doing it. Just No doubt. Like, like guys, I mean, yes, Stanford has gone a couple weeks in a row now. Well, not a couple weeks in a row, but several of the past few weeks, uh, Stanford has got to 
the halftime with like less than 125 yards total offense. They are just not competitive on offense now at all. Like they're just missing. They're sort of in a Boston College situation, except they still have their quarterback, but they're missing a lot of guys up front. Their top receiver, Wilson's, is, is out. You know, I think Vilkins is still out. Obviously, they already lost lost Emmett Smith's kid. I just don't think they're going to score. And, and I do think hate, Washington State will run the ball quite a bit. And they hate fun. Yeah, I'm on Wazoo minus four and a half because they they suspended the tree. I like hey, that too. That's at least a touchdown. I mean, that the vibes alone. You Without the tree, what does Stanford even have to play for? So Wazoo minus four and a half. I wasted or enjoyed 20 minutes of my Monday reading about the battle between Stanford students and the administration. You want to talk about bad vibes. Mm -hmm. The number of on-campus party permits has plummeted. You know, they're, they're taking off the pandemic restrictions, but they're just making it tougher and tougher for students to go and get theirs. And you know what they're doing? They're just doing traveling parties now. They just go climb light poles because they're not allowed to have parties anymore. Shame. As I butt my pretty little nose into Stanford campus politics. Well, you know, those Stanford team. parties, they get rowdy. You know, sometimes you get that Mountain Dew in those kids and they just, whoo, those nerds, they get, they get raucous. Well, it sounded like they, they used to have, like there were a couple of parties per year that organizations would put on where it wasn't, It, it didn't seem like it was super strict in terms of, you know, being able to enjoy yourself as a can as a student, you know, the, the whole, like, like, you know, the parents that are like, well, as long as you're here and you don't drive, then you can do whatever you want in the basement kind of parties. It seemed like Stanford had kind of set that up back in the old world, but uh, it's become pretty tough for, uh, for Stanford students to, uh, to, to see that same kind of experience socially. I'm just going to say, Stanford, if you're watching, and I know you are, not allowing your kids to party is how Theranos happens. So, you know, think about what you're doing. That's that's not the only thing that allows Theranos to happen. <laughs> um, okay. Elizabeth Holmes was busy getting drunk. It never would have happened. That's all I'm saying. Probably, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do we like the doc better or do we like the um, the the dramatized version? Oh, I hated the dramatized version. The doc. Yeah. I watched I them got, both. I got through like an episode and a half of the show and I was just like, this is just. Because you the know, imitation of the voice was even worse than the voice itself. Now, you know what it is? And this is going to be a total side rant. We just now with like all the content and streaming services. Now we're doing like these look like that kind of show about something that literally just happened. Like, I don't need to see the show of what I just followed in the news story seven months ago. Plus, there's when there's no time between the actual event and the television show, there's really no new insights. There's nothing you've learned that's happened since then. I feel like you got to wait a little longer. But we're in such a race to produce content about every single freaking thing out there now that it's just it's like the show was terrible. We have two uh, actual documentaries on Firefest. I would take a dramatized version of it. Coming up on the other side, of course, we need to hear from the dentist. That's right. And the rest of our picks, plus money, line, sprinkles, next. Dentist uh, picks. Yeah, I totally forgot. Uh, that's, that's on me. I need to start sending these to Jordan beforehand. All right. Uh, by the way, uh, last week, he also um, he had Arkansas minus three and a half. I just totally forgot to read that. That's probably on me. Uh, but uh, congrats to him for getting a little extra Christmas gift money. Uh, 
Welcome to the boat where dreams come to die for South Carolina. SC was given a couple SEC wins over UK and AM and then back to reality against Missouri last weekend, losing at home by 13 in a game that was never that close. Don't I know it? Vanderbilt played Missouri uh, much tougher at Mizzou. They lost by three, but could have won uh, that game if they make a few field goals. Last year, Vandy nearly beat South Carolina on the road, losing 21 to 20, and should have won that game. Vandy is desperate for an SEC win and a little revenge from last year. And now they get SC at home off a of bye. Give me the Fighting Bartons plus seven LFG tooth lock. One, two, three, four. A syringe for each point he's getting here at plus seven. Uh, also uh, loves the first half under in this one. Probably under 48 and a half for the game as well, but not as confident in the first half. And Moneyline sprinkle it for me. So he is all in on the doors here. Uh, Sounds like Barton was in for a teeth cleaning this week. I was about to say. Bart, Barton had more dental work, and it sounds like the dentist now has more money to play with. <laughs> is this uh, – the one thing I will say about this is that teams do like to go to bowl games, and this is the last game in which South Carolina will be favored, right? They go to Florida next week, and then they host Tennessee, and they're at Clemson. So they're almost certainly going to finish 0-2 unless you think they're going to clip one of those. At Florida is potentially winnable, but you will be an underdog at the Gators unless Richardson gets hurt or something like that. This is a game that South Carolina has to have. And that is the reason why I'm staying off Bandy here. It's like they they know they need this one. Teams, even though we may think bowl games aren't that big of a deal, internally teams still care about it. And coaches definitely care about it because their bonuses are tied to it. Speaking of the Gators, nary a mention for the battle of teams that are one and four in SEC play going up against each other on a real national television channel in the noon slate. Florida at four and four, Texas A&M at three and five, Aggies favored by three and a half over under of 55 and a half, which tells me that no one even put any effort into this. Three and a half points for the home field and right around 56. That's a college number right there. Okay, so any any thoughts there as we flex our SEC bias? Pass. <laughs> both, both teams should be able to run the football very well on one another, which suggests under. Both teams are pretty bad red zone defenses, which, which suggests over. Um, um, is this the week AM finally scores 30 points? I, I think so. Florida's yeah. the defense. That's what I'm saying. Anybody got to play on Baylor, Oklahoma? I'm just trying to there's there are like a lot of games with some of these, you know, teams we've been talking about all season. And you know, if we don't have locks on them, we're not going to give them out, but at least want to try to give them a mention for the fans who who might be interested. Like, it's a one TV weekend, though. Like you can get by this weekend with one TV. Not the night slate. Why? Night, Night Slate has multiple games that I think are going to get your attention. Especially because they're starting at seven. Matchup? What? You got a top 10 matchup, first of all. you got That's four. the one you got to watch. You got Clemson, Texas, Notre Texas, Dame. Texas, Kansas State's going on at the same time and Clemson, Notre Dame. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that all starts maybe before Tennessee and uh, Georgia's done. I don't feel like those are must-watch, though. Those are like like you can what? watch. They'd probably be good. Like I, I don't think they're must-watch. I, I I think you can go one TV this week. Texas Kansas State's like for a big like if Texas has to win to stay alive in the Big Twelve, and if Kansas State wins, they are very much in the running for a Big Twelve championship appearance. 
So this means going to ignore the action at Snapdragon Stadium when our beloved San Diego State Aztecs get mushed, but still covering the spread, as <laughs> host UNLV or Houston and SMU in the NFL Network primetime game. Mm-hmm. They might have more on that game coming up. I will. I will say it's a slow to warm day, but I think that at nighttime it's going to be. Uh, I think that there's a lot going on that you want to keep your eyes on. Uh, North Carolina, Virginia, absolute stay away from me. Over. Lock it up. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you about that, Chip. So, I mean, it dropped to seven. Are you worried about this being a letdown for Carolina just because they've basically locked up the division even if they lose? I'm worried about it being a letdown for North Carolina because of North Carolina's pattern of letdown performances, specifically on the road, including performances in Charlottesville on the road. I think that Virginia's defense is not bad. Like a Virginia fan, forgive me for not being able to cite this, but I think a Virginia fan on Reddit um, made a funny post about having uh, a fever dream that the 2021 Virginia offense and the 2022 Virginia defense were together at the same time and they were playing for an ACC championship and then a fever nightmare that the 2022 offense and the 2022 defense were playing together and that team got relegated to the FCS. That like the fact that this team actually has, I do believe that is not just that they are inept offensively. I do think they have improved a lot defensively. And if North Carolina has any bit of letdown, if the fact that North Carolina's defense allows Virginia to have some success, it is a, it is a scary spot. Are you, you are locking up the over Tom? Hell yeah, I'm locking up the over. North Carolina is going to put up 40, and Virginia is going to have its best offensive performance of the season because it's facing North Carolina. But by the way, Chip, you mentioned you know North Carolina losing in Charlottesville. Can you imagine being a premier ACC program, going on the road in a game like that and losing on the road to Virginia and possibly ruining your title hopes, whether it's ACC or national? That could never happen. Wait, who did that happen to? Uh, Danny Cannell. Oh, man! <laughs> Not even here. He's not even here, but I'm getting him back for last week. Still just <laughs> catching strays when you're not here, Danny. Boom. Um, speaking of Danny, uh, he had to jump to the radio show. Took Cal plus 21 uh, at uh, USC and Arizona State. He put 17 and a half. That's got to be a typo because that's about a touchdown off of where the line is. I, I guess he means. <laughs> I just copied and put it. <laughs> okay. That. He's got to mean uh, there's there's a couple of 11 and a half, so I assume that's yeah. what he means. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or does he mean Arizona? Because Arizona is 17 and a half. Uh, we will text him and ask him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, any, other, uh, any other plays on the board? I have, let me see. I got one left, I think. Yes, I do. Uh, give me Syracuse plus four against Pitt. In the war of just not betting on the coach who doesn't want his team to score points. Okay, cool. So give me four of them. All right, I'm all tapped out. Tapped. Let's turn our attention to the big old cash register. As last week, we saw Tom, the San Diego State We've discussed that too many times. Uh, I lost o ODU and Cal. We had Danny got UConn plus 275, lost Auburn, Virginia, and Nebraska. 
Bud cast ECU cast Coastal took an L on Old Dominion. If you look at the entire totals for the season, Danny is up eleven point three seven units, fourteen and seventeen on these money line sprinkles. His picks are Kansas State against Texas, Vandy uh, against South Carolina, and Missouri against Kentucky. Second place is Bud. Where are you going to go for your sprinkles? Uh, yeah, so I definitely did these in advance. I just need to pull the spreadsheet. Okay, here we go. Uh, so the first one I'm going to take here is Georgia Tech. Uh, I was surprised at how well NC State was able to throw on, on Tech, but then I, I looked and the Hokies are playing like a freshman corner and Jeff Sims is getting healthier. I didn't hate what I saw from Georgia Tech's freshman uh, player. Last week, the, the the quarterback, they benched uh, Zach Gibson, who was pretty poor. I It wouldn't shock me if Georgia Tech can go on the road and get this win. So Georgia Tech plus one. Ah, damn, I've moved a little bit. Anyway, I'll, I'll still take plus 140. Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech also on the list of gross games here in week 10. But you can still make money on gross games. That's yes, why you can. They're sicko mode. Is that uh, sicko mode? Kind of. That's, it's kind of a comp. It's a conference sicko mode. I don't know. Like this is your think, last chance to be able to really get nasty ACC Coastal Division grossness in there. Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, a game that for seven years decided who was going to play for the ACC championship. No, 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 no. The Commonwealth Cup, isn't that Virginia Virginia Tech? That's the sickest of the sicko. I think that's the sickest of the sicko. Yeah. Within the league, it's just every week in the ACC is a sicko league. That's right. It is Tom's favorite league. Tom, what are your money? Oh, I have one more. Oh, yeah. Houston. I, I'm i not buying that SMU is that good. I just think Tulsa is, is, is that bad. And so I think Houston has secretly been pretty good on offense recently. Houston plus 140 as well. Those, those are my two for this week. All right, Tom. Houston plus 140. That is my upset pick of the week in the six-pack, and I'm including it here. And then I am also, lit with Danny, I am taking Vandy plus 230. Uh, and then, hold on one second here. My other two are, sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry, Chip mentioned it earlier. Uh, I don't know about that. Iowa plus 170. Ooh. I'm also on Georgia Tech plus 140. And I'm on West Virginia plus 235. Wow. Just one. Give me Vandy. Anchor down. Let's go. Let's go. First SEC win. Let's go get it this weekend. Now's the time. Vandy. That'll be my uh, my sole sprinkle for the weekend. All right, let's review our locks. Tom has the Oregon State Washington under 54 and a half, Tennessee plus eight, the Texas Kansas State over 54 and a half, the Wake NC State over 54, the Air Force Army under 40 and a half, Boise State minus eight, Oklahoma State Kansas under 64 and a half, uh, Texas Tech TCU under 69 and a half, Washington State minus four and a half, North Carolina Virginia over 59 and a half, Syracuse plus four. I'm on Oregon State Washington under 54 and a half, Tennessee plus eight. Texas, Kansas State over 54 and a half. Clemson, Notre Dame under 44 and a half. Purdue minus three and a half. Navy, Cincinnati under 45 and a half. 
Danny, spraying the board. Tennessee, Georgia, under 66 and a half. Georgia, minus eight. Kansas State, plus two and a half. Clemson, Notre Dame, under 44 and a half. Florida State, minus seven and a half. Vanderbilt, plus seven. Michigan State, Illinois, over 41. Arkansas, minus 13 and a half. Liberty, Arkansas, under 64 and a half. Oklahoma State, pick them. Arizona or Arizona State, question mark, TBD. We got to figure out which side he wants. Cal, plus 21. And Bud's got App State minus three, Duke minus nine and a half, Bama LSU first half under 29, Kansas State over 26 and a half, Air Force Army over 40, Tulsa team total under 24 and a half, Clemson minus three and a half, Hawaii plus 27 and a half, Stanford team total under 23. The lone, the two lock fights, Service Academies, Tom, you know where he is. Bud taking the un-American side. We got a bar fight between Tom and Chip going up against Danny. We've got lock agreements on the river in the sky, under 54.5 in Oregon State, Washington. The over 54.5 in Texas, Kansas State. Wildcats found the forward pass. And Clemson, Notre Dame, under 44.5. That is a Chip-Danny agreement. Woo! Chip, are you like just sitting on the ball? No, I, I just I wasn't <laughs> didn't didn't love a lot. Just saying, it's like you got your you got your little six point eight units. You're up in the locks. You've got six locks this week. You've only got one sprinkle. I just feel like you're you're auditioning to be Notre Dame's offensive coordinator next season. What's going on here? I I I said at the very beginning, there's a lot of games. I just I didn't when you know what when you are making picks just on vibes. If if there's a lot of gross games. You're not going to be attracted to a lot. You're not going to get. You're not going to feel like you got a good feel. You don't want to try to figure out whether this interim Colorado team is going to be able to bring. Like I would be a fool to jump in front of like Oregon again and get out here trotting about road bow Knicks, right? Like if I was talking about Cal and Cal's defense, for me to do that about Colorado would just be. It would be disingenuous. And you know what? I want to be, if nothing else, genuine. Danny texted. Um, he wants Arizona plus 17 and a half. Cool. Arizona plus 17 and a half. I don't hate that. There it is. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at BudElliot3. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. See y'all.